Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks, reunited after the most recent adventure, our heroes decide to return directly to Waterdeep to deliver the magical instrument they have recovered. Uh, However, deliver. As, <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Whether you do it or not is up to you. However, as they are teleported into the watchful order of Magus and Protectors, they discover that Waterdeep is in chaos. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Obocrazy. I have a nice big mug of... It's it's Jack Daniels and Coke. It's Jack and Coke. However, it is Coke Zero Cherry and Jack Daniels with honey. So there's a lot of qualifiers onto this, and it is very good. And it is probably... We like to joke, like, oh, it's Coke Zero, so it's healthy. No, it's really not. It's it's not. It's not at all. But it is still delicious, and I am enjoying it. Carlton, what are you drinking? So my wife and I have... Today is day one of Whole30 Diet. Mm. Which is like super paleo. You can hear the excitement. You have a stick in my- of butter? Is that a <laughs> stick of butter? God, that does look like a stick of butter. Uh, no, it is a oh, cardboard God. box bottle of water because it comes from Canada and Canada puts their drinks in cardboard. It is flow alkaline spring water that is organic ro- strawberry and rose flavored. Oh. Full disclosure, alkaline? friends, it looked like a fucking pound of butter. I will take a picture for the gram. It honestly, because you had it sideways, it was very much like a stick of butter. Lightly flavored water. All right. It's, uh, I can't even have uh, artificial sweeteners. So no sugar and no artificial sweeteners. I'm going to be so svelte for RTX. I am doing a lot of that gym, so I, I get it. Good luck unto you and those 30 days. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is... Virtue Cider, Michigan Cherry, which is apparently 100% apples and cherries, ostensibly from Michigan. My wife tried a little bit, and she made an interesting face, so I'm not super duper um, optimistic, but here goes. Live tasting. Live tasting. Live tasting. It is very tart. It has a nice finish. Hmm. And you got that cherry flavor in there. I, You know what? I approve. Traveling Core is on board. Jules. Also has great art on her cans of drinks that she has. What are you drinking? I am drinking Brickwork Cider House Rosé Cider, and it is pretty. The can is this, like, kind of rose goldish, more rose than gold, but it's very, very pretty, and maybe I will... I Oh, shit, where's my phone? Oh, it's over on the bed. We'll deal with that in a second, but I will (laughs) go ahead and open it. And taste it. I spoiler. I had this for the Game of Thrones finale, just as good as I remember. Are you spoiling the the taste of it or Game of Thrones? <laughs> spoiler: Season eight was bad. There's one good episode. <laughs> I, episode and, two. Episode yeah, two. Episode two. And episode two was ruined. But we can't. We can't go down this hall. We can't we go can't. down this hall, friends. It's my house high garden cider because it's rose and it's covered in roses. Ah. But it also feels like something Travancore would drink. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So it's very good. I like it. And it's pretty. Which is half the battle right there. Yeah. Jonathan, I have no transition. What are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan. I His cans the- are also pretty nice. <laughs> Actually, they Jonathan look- is also pretty. They what are, are you they, drinking? Um, they look great in this uh, this new Stephen Adams Oklahoma Ooh. City shirt. Uh, I want to congratulate the, uh, the Toronto Raptors for beating the uh, Golden State Warriors and Really making Kevin Durant just, just look terrible. Because he's a terrible person. Fuck Kevin Durant. You know who else? Uh, Up yours, Putin. That's what I'm drinking. It's Sprite. (laughs) And it's vodka. Because seriously. You just had four people giving you a blind stare right there. No, we're going, we're going back to some like old school, like late night Jenga Jam, Glip Shark, (laughs) good old sports, like. Uh, schadenfreude assholery here. Hey, I've got a shot of Fireball and this shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to 
a new friend, uh, Lauren from Mothership Games. We are partnering with Mothership Games to help bring D&D Dungeons and Dragons to RTX 2019 Yay! in Austin. Yay! Catch our character recreation panel at 12.30 in the Governor's Ballroom. And then catch our live show on Saturday, 3.30 at the Governor's Ballroom. Uh, we will We will be at both panels. One of them, we will be giving sage character advice and another one we're gonna be getting stupid let's come see us at both we'll have lots of fun stuff and uh lauren thank you for helping us out and uh for letting us help you out it's gonna be lots of fun we're looking forward to it the shot of fireball is for you yes it has been a lot of fun to coordinate with a fellow lauren about D stuff so hey you're back in water deep and and things seem to have gone to pot as you're staring out the window at the smoke rising from the southern portion of Waterdeep, as Aras Zik, your Aarakocra wizard friend, is has just mentioned about how the, the city seems to be under siege, what would you like to do? Did we get any details on that? No, you okay. got nothing. We, we oh, right. ended. So we were I wanted to pick up specifically so that you wouldn't get like half the details and then so yes, Aras has just basically said that the city is under siege and pointed you out the window to demonstrate that point and now has turned around and I'll make your lives easy and Aras will ask you probably have some questions. John What is that? Yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular without looking away from the window just raises his his arm and flexes as he does so. Everybody just talked at once and it was amazing. It was also in character. Oh, okay. All right. You have a question, uh, Bernie. You all seem to have questions. Uh, yeah, let's move away from the window let's, and sit. Let's do like pretend. Remember when you were a little kid and you wrote a five paragraph paper and you had to answer the who, what, where, when, why, and how? You would like the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Yes, yes, that was that was the roundabout way to give me the five W's and one H. Okay, uh, as far as we know, the who is a group of kobolds that have risen from the Underdark. We had pushed them back a while ago. Uh, I believe you, you remember Rifon Press. He was involved with defending the city the first time that they came through some of the tunnels, tunnels from the Underdark. This time they were much more successful, obviously, coming through a whole area of the City of the Dead. So that that is, and we have some specific kobolds that we know of, but we have not been able to track down. The the what is an army of undead and kobolds who have taken over portions of the city that you can see. He points out to the cityscape. The, the where would be most of the city of the dead, part of the trade ward, and part of the south ward. The, we've been able to stop them there as it seems the army they have brought, that is the extent of what they can contain and what we can contain. We've managed to come to... A truce is not what it is, but they have stopped attacking, and we have momentarily stopped trying to penetrate their outer defenses. The why, we still do not know. We have not been able to entreat any of their leaders. The how is with an entire army of undead risen from our own graveyard? Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of lowers his hand and puts his hands in his face. It's just like, do we know any of the leaders that might be involved? Well, the main one seems to be a, a kobold of quite a lot of power. We have not been able to get anywhere near him, but we've been told that his name is Veng Ashstalker. Oh, oh no. Yes, no! Yes. <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular, his hands, like he was pissed down in down in the cave and down in the islands, and his hands actually erupt in flames. I get the sense that you are familiar with this kobold. Yeah, you let bit. him live. He's your bread. I don't have a bread. No, I talk. Jonathan, he's Jonathan's bread. I don't oh. understand that reference. And he's, <laughs> Is that and, like an old people thing? No, it's uh, the guy in Greenest, uh, the kid we let live on the bar attack. We let him live with his life. Oh, and he that came back guy. Menaces, and oh, I had to kill yeah, him later on. yeah. So we let this guy live, and we're paying the, the whole city's paying the consequence for it now. All right, we gotta go yeah. kill him. So the lesson is, we don't let anybody live. 
It would That's seem I thought that... you just learned a lesson about not killing people needlessly. At the same time, wait, I killed that Mellor and the Slave Hunt tribe prematurely. Had to, we had to bring back life, so... I don't know what to do! It's... I'm confused! This is the kind of nuance needed for capital S spellcasters, apparently. Aras looks a little confused at all this, but jumps in and says, as someone who has been in the position of trying to decide if you would spare someone or not. There's no easy answers here, and you cannot take responsibility for something that, especially if you did. showed someone mercy, and they came back to basically spit on that mercy. You cannot be held responsible for that. Well, we also gave him a pep talk. Well, we can also say you owe us one. Stop, and now we're even. If you think you can manage to contact or entreat with him at all, then that would be of great help. We've been unable to convince anyone to carry a message. It has only been within the last day that we've, that both sides have, as I said, mostly ceased hostilities and created a a no-go zone between the two areas. We know of a couple of this Ashdocker's lieutenants that we can, we've can we been trying to contact as well, who seem to be in charge of different areas of this army, but up until now, all of our attempts at discussions with them have been ignored. Well, Jonathan holds up his hand, says, one moment, puts his, his uh, fists together, and the flames that are kind of coursing around his hands kind of like meet and almost splash together. Uh, he's going to cast Sending, and he's going to send Devang Ashstalker. Hmm. You've got 25 words. What would you like to say? We need to talk now. Neutral zone. In the middle. Two hours. <gasps> Lauren, did you give us a demilitarized zone? Bestill my modern historic heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm sure, no I'm sure I speak for Jack when I say bestill our Star Trekky hearts. Yeah, I, I would think of it as more of a neutral zone because there seems to be neutral. You know, uh, demilitarized. Uh, a RAS <laughs> called it a no go zone for reasons. A no no zone? I like... It's a no no zone? I saw that Winnie the Pooh video as a kid. No so, go zone. So wait, hold on. We've got, hold on, hold on. We've got the Carlton brand of both the demilitarized and neutral zone. The no-go zone. The no-go zone. Ah! <laughs> I, I, think, I think if you were to talk to Aras and offer him some alternatives, he would be more than happy nope, to listen. No, it's fine. Meanwhile. <laughs> yeah, it's the no-go zone. We don't go there. We don't go. I thought we called it the no-no zone. Jonathan, you send off this sending to Vang Ashstalker, and there is a pause. And then you hear, it's been a little while since you've heard him, but since then you've been to the Feywild and there's been other things going on. You hear the familiar voice of this kobold in your head. You remember from all these months ago. Uh, he definitely sounds a lot more confident than the last time you heard him. The, the, the last time you heard him, it was both in a cell being terrorized and also just after you'd killed the dragon. And what he says is, why would I walk into a trap like that? <sighs> and then there's this long pause and he finishes with, if you have something to say, then say it. Can I cast sending? Can I, can I talk to him? Cause she's just gonna. <laughs> You're like, can I hand me the phone? Barney's gonna <laughs> stick her little tiny hand on your bald head and bring your ear in close. And it's gonna be, Ving! <laughs> Listen, you, you can cast if you would like to cast can sending as well. You know the spell. Is that a thing I've got? I think I do. I think you prepped it As a cleric, too. you have access to it. I don't know if you have prepared it for the day, but as a cleric, I know you have access to it. I do, don't I? I, I happen we to know this for we sure. Would both prep it one time. What? Bernie's like, what did he say? She's still yelling in your ear. Jonathan the Magic Muscular doesn't turn his head. He just goes, pat, 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 and then says, he thinks it's a trap, and he just, he wants to talk over sending. He's not interested in meeting in person. I'm sorry, we don't have the data to support that. Yeah. That's, Both no. literally and figuratively. I do not have the minutes for that nonsense. Do you want me to talk to him? I'll talk to him. And at this point, Jonathan the Magimuscular, his hands kind of like, they darken and they the flame kind of goes out, and he's just kind of like, he's gone from really pissed to kind of sad. And he's like, yeah. Sure. Um, see if you can see if you can get through to him. Bernie's gonna look up at a uh, um, 
her ass and go, is the golden griddle okay? I'm sorry, the what? The golden rock tavern. The golden rock, the golden rock tavern. (laughs) Still good. (laughs) We need to buy that place so we can just name it the golden griddle. Oh, fun memories. That depends on where it is. And he waves over. You've noticed there's been a lot of like pages and messenger people coming in and out and in and out in this area as as messages are being received and sent. He waves over someone who opens up a what looks like a very rough map that is of Waterdeep that includes this section. Most of the eastern section of Waterdeep actually is just taken up with this big red mark on it that's marked obviously is the area that Veng and his army have taken over and he kind of motion he motions to look at it for a little bit he looks up some stuff on the side and he says I uh, Golden Rock Tavern yes I believe that was in part of the trades ward I believe that's part of the section that the kobolds now control God damn it all my stuff's there yeah, Travis scans the map to see whether the red areas are, are cover the place that Livia lives and all the nobles. I, I would imagine that's safe. I don't remember the geography of Waterdeep that well. I haven't been in town for a while. That's okay. Uh, yeah, you look over it. And so basically, Waterdeep, you're all familiar with the basics of the, the city of Waterdeep. There's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, there's uh, seven different wards that the city's loosely broken up into where the watchful order is, is kind of right in the middle of the city in what's called the castle ward. And, but where it is, is close enough to this controlled area that that's why you can just, it's high enough uh, as a a tall enough tower. And it's close enough that you can just look out and see where the smoke is coming from. The city of the dead would be the center section furthest over to the, east and it is the the large cemetery for the city and basically where the kobolds have controlled is that giant cemetery and everything south of it in kind of a, a swath uh olivia lives in the sea ward and is fine the sea ward and the north ward are the northern sections of the city are where most of the affluent people live that seems to be fine Travancore taking a very brief look over this map and hearing that there's an army of undead. If they've been risen out of the city of the dead and went south, that seems to make the most sense. So you think it was just where this army probably originated and where they marched to is what they've taken over. Hmm. Undead. Well, that's actually works in our favor, doesn't it, Bernie? Little bit, little bit. It doesn't make me happy, though. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. We're going to have big problems yes the clerics that we've been able to that been able to help with this problem have done what they can but however this undead army is being raised is being revitalized on a regular basis and so as fast as our clerics can turn them they seem to be able to raise more and there are other creatures dead people in this city if you think about it like yes Sadly, yes. of years of Disease, cholera. And the City of the Dead contained many, many of them. And so however however the, the necromancer involved is raising this group, this army, it is, it is being able to keep up with our ability to destroy it. On top of that, there are other creatures that we have seen amongst this army, uh, demons and devils that seemingly are under the control of this group the only thing so far that has kept the morale up of the city is when the initial influx happened apparently they were more interested in taking over areas than killing people so uh civilian casualties have been low guys i have an i have an idea and i reach into my bag of holding and i pull out a hat and i put it on and i go recon carlton and i turn into a kobold okay you turn into a seven foot tall kobold i can change my height you can change your height by, I believe, one foot. foot. Six one foot tall kobold. A six foot tall kobold. So still Alan right. Iverson size. Shaquille de kobold. <laughs> Shaquille bald. Uh, Aras looks at you and says, you can try, but it has been difficult to infiltrate this area. They seem to be able to notice when we are trying to be covert. Bernie is going to cast Sending. She's going to whisper. She's trying to. Just, um, 
Uh, just uh, imagine who you're wanting to talk to and then uh, reach out with your mind use, using that spell as kind of a, a bridge and uh, and then connect. Okay. I guess it just happens. That's kind of cool. Yeah, if you know who you're sending to, it's, sending to it Vin. just happens. And, and you've saying, met him before, so this should be easy. It's Barney. Vin, quit your bullshit. <laughs> we need to talk. Pick a place in a neutral spot and we'll have a little chit chat. I counted those out. <laughs> oh, it's definitely less than 25. I, it's perfectly 25 words. Oh, what? Chit chat. Okay. <laughs> chit chat. I, I'll be a little flexible on some words. After a moment, you hear thing back in your head. What could we possibly have to talk about? We needed a new home. This is ours now. What would you have to say? <sighs> you know, he makes a really good point. We could just kill them all. What, what did he say? And Travancore, I don't know if you told him to Travancore what you sent to him or not. Oh, oh, yeah. What can we possibly have to talk about? We needed a new home. This is ours now. We're going to stay. So if they helped them reclaim their old home, maybe they'd go back? I thought they had their old home. They had all those tunnels and shit. They just, the only thing they didn't have was that fucking dragon that we killed. The thing taking care of them. Oh, mm. they're so lost without the dragon. I'm sick of this yeah. shit. It, we, I, you know, I thought Vang, Jonathan the Magic Muscular thought Vang was on the way to, to help these people to do this. But we you can't, like, this, no, this can't stand. No. Uh, but the same time, you can't imagine that dragon going to fill them up with the right values. You can't reverse, uh, like, a lifetime of enculturation with one speech. That's true. Arras? Yes. How many people have died? It's hard to tell until we can actually get in there. As I said, fortunately, most of the, the civilians that were in the the zone that they have taken over were expelled rather than killed for whatever reason. So most of the deaths have been amongst the the soldiers that have gone in, and there have been several dozen. <sighs> it's been hard because without without the full force of those who used to be able to help defend the city with more magical and, and might, those people have been gone for a while thanks to what happened with the death curse. So we've been struggling to replenish our ranks. The Blackstaff has done what she can. Uh, we here have done what we can, but our all of our resources are limited and there are very few of us left. Can we all pause for a quick minute yeah what do you need i have a concern and i just thinking about where we're going with this conversation i have a concern that there's going to be an undertone that refugees are bad people that push people out of their homes okay i just want to avoid that like in how we talk about things so my so jonathan has uh, jmm has kind of switched from being really pissed and feel like feeling like that this is like a betrayal to hearing both what Travancore has said and hearing hearing what you've what Bang said to Bernie uh, about needing a home and it's like he's angry that that they couldn't make it work in a place that was already theirs. But now he's like seeing the problem. It's like he's he doesn't want to go in and kill everyone, but he I think he wants to find I think he's after this discussion, he's the the just to let you know where where me yeah. where I'm taking this, uh he's gonna he's cause like he was just like ready to go kill everyone, but now he's sort of like, Okay, how do we solve this? Because they are a dipla- displaced people. And so his suggestion was going to be try and find them a home outside of Waterdeep, but I'm going to keep JMM open to other suggestions because I think that is a good point that we don't want to vilify refugees on our show. And I I will say, as you talk to Aras more, if your concern is about the kobolds being the refugees, this was, this was a coordinated attack with an army. This wasn't like, you know, he'll tell you, they were coming in as conquerors and you get and that they weren't being totally evil by not killing they were just not killing civilians but otherwise this isn't like refugees begging for 
for help or, you know, coming looking to join. This was a, a an army and half of the army was full of undead that were raised and some demons. So All this right. is a slightly different, you know, I totally get that why you'd want to avoid that sentiment, though, of like refugees are bad kind of thing. This isn't a, the kobolds are not refugees. It may be a complicated situation with what's going on with them. and You don't know everything, but they are not refugees. But in a way, they're still dis- displaced people. They just took military means. So we have to be sensitive to how we approach it, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If we, if we, when we switch back, Jonathan is going to kind of switch back to, to play mode. Jonathan is going to definitely point out that whatever the situation, the army of undead can't stand. Yeah, and I definitely, if we feel like we're going down a, a, a weird road, if, if if I say something that is concerning to any of you, just please let me know, because I don't want it to go that way. Yeah, we, I, and I think, like I said, I think uh, from, from JMM's game perspective, he can appreciate the plight of the kobolds, but at the same time, something's got to be done about the undead in, in that. We can, we can, we can not go on a kobold killing rampage, but also we can't let Undead have no place in in society, so we can approach it that way too. Undead are not people. <laughs> they no. are they with they you know we're not going to be going through the you know undead immigration whatever whatever. No, that we no. we have very simple solutions for those. Okay, no. so robot slash putty morality applies. Ba- Bernie, ba- baby praised. Ba- yeah, Bernie's gonna cast one more sending them. Okay, before you do, as we jump on in, let me ask. Do we want to keep all that in the episode or do we want to cut it? Um, mm. Maybe. I kind of like leaving it, actually, because it shows that we're paying attention to it and it shows that it's a nuanced issue. So, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I, I, yeah. I think Jules is going to be the one who yeah. up to, up has you, the Jules. most stakes in whether it stays or goes. Yeah, I guess it's like, honestly, I know it sounds bad. It's like if we get it wrong and it still comes off in a shit way, at least people will know we were desperately trying not to leave. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, we were I, I really got, trying here. I, yeah, I got, yeah, that's kind of, I want people to know that, like, no matter what this narrative is, this doesn't come some kind of meta crap you can read into where, like, like, refugees are bad. Like, they're not. <laughs> no, and I, I meant do we want to keep it in, I think this was a good conversation for us to have and I, I don't mind people at home hearing us stop the game to have these kind of conversations, but only if all of you are are comfortable with those being put out there. So that's just why I'm asking. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hope maybe from the point of view of someone at home, it's like, oh, I can stop my game and be like, this makes me uncomfortable. Exactly. I didn't think, yeah. I didn't think any, to be clear for everyone at home, I stopped this because I felt myself saying things that could be read the wrong way. I don't believe anybody in this group has those sentiments or <laughs> ascribes to them. But sometimes you're doing something and you can't feel it until you like you start to feel it and you don't know how to back out of it. And it's like, don't ever feel like you're so beholden to a role play that you can't pause. Fun fact, I'm a member of a diaspora. We all are, I guess. This is a game and we can always stop and go, no, this was fucked up and back up. This is a game with math rocks that go clicky clack. Yes. Yeah. That being like said, all right, so I'll, I'll leave that in because I think this was a good conversation to have and it didn't change anything about the game. It just clarified a few things that I think will make everybody feel more comfortable. Bernie, yeah. I believe you're about to cast something. Are you a fan of fantasy role-playing? Looking for more D&D action outside your normal campaign? Do you enjoy laughing uncontrollably? Look no further than the You Meet in a Tavern podcast. Follow the continuing adventures of Tug, Durf, and Carl as Dungeon Master Joe leads them on the adventure of a lifetime. We're four 20-somethings with dull jobs by day, letting our inner nerd kids shine in our first ever 5th edition D&D campaign together. Fans are calling it a gripping tale with a talented cast, a large source of encouragement to get myself in my own D&D group, the funniest D&D podcast I've ever listened to. But don't take it from them. Check out You Meet in a Tavern for yourself on all your favorite podcast apps. That's You Meet in a Tavern, because every good story starts in a bar. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of idle champions of the Forgotten Realms. 
It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Force Grey, and more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make idle champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on July 7th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. C-U-D-S-A-L-S-O-T-O-R-C So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. Bernie's gonna gonna sigh and she's gonna look at the six foot cobalt standing in front of you going, hey. And she's gonna look she's gonna look at she's gonna look at Carl. <laughs> and she's gonna look over at Jonathan and she's gonna be like, This is this Bernie, what if we get the cobalts to help us fight the necromancer? Oh honey, I I got some fun news for you. Do you wanna tell him? Travancore, you tell him. Travancore, you tell him. Travancore is too stupid to know what to say. <laughs> you actually, I actually don't know what you're referencing. So the necromancer, probably a kobold. Oh, you know what? Travancore is, have, has a moment with racism that he just grapples with right now. Didn't even process his mind that the necromancer could be a kobold, which shows that Travancore <laughs> has some work to do. Carlton didn't think that either. Bernie just assumed if Vang can grow a pair, they're gonna, like... I mean, hell, we don't know what Thing can do now. We actually um, don't know what the Necromancer is, but it could be Cobalt, for sure. I mean, the thing is, Bernie can Bernie and I can tell you that magic, at least from our from our capital S spellcasting backgrounds, uh, there's a lot of hard work from from our ends. Uh, Bernie with prayer, myself with study. There are shortcuts to magic, and some of those have some of them you're born with. And some of them you make a deal for. There are shortcuts to a lot of things. Yeah. Wait, you can deal with somebody for magic? Do what? You can make a deal with somebody to get magic? Not a deal no. that you're ever going to No, you can't. Make. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> you can't, Carlton. Not you see the gears you, in Carlton's head turning? Carlton, no. No, no. Not... Gears must <laughs> stop at once. Okay. Cease Carlton, gears slash John, you're not fucking multi-classing again. <laughs> <laughs> to a North martial class. Bet y'all didn't think you're going to hear forthwith tonight. Yeah. Here we are. Forthwith. Let's <laughs> see if I can. Um, so, Bernie... Gosh, not here. Let me type this out and make sure it's like... Because I know if I say it Bernie-esque, if I say something kind of Bernie-like, it's going to have a lot of superfluous adjectives. <laughs> but that's what makes it Bernie. I know, yeah. but it can't cut off mid-sin. No, that would be bad. Yeah. Bernie's, that's what Bernie's doing. They're like, she's trying to get Travancore to explain it. Because uh, we're word she's trying to count, count words, words yeah. in her head. And she's like, you know when you do a haiku? And- mm-hmm. yeah. Five, seven, five. Yeah. I do the same thing. If it helps, also, my cleric, when I cast sending the, the once or twice that it's happened, I've had to do the same thing. I'm just counting out words. 25. So, so yeah, it happens. While Bernie is counting out words... Aras will look at the rest of you and say, is, do you have any other questions? I know this is probably a lot to process. We presumed that the necromancer was not a kobold. Is he a kobold? We are assuming that the necromancer is Veng himself. Veng's been learning. We don't have all of the information, but the the few people who have managed to see him in action on the battlefield, we definitely know he is powers. John the player just processed all of that at the speed Carlton the character did. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, uh, uh, the magic muscular, is going to speak up and, and... Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Real life. Real life. Game go, life, folks. Okay, because they were like, kobolds coming up. I was like, oh, fuck, it's Vang. And they're like, necromancy. It's like, oh, fuck, it's Vang. <laughs> I was like, all right, they, the necro- they didn't have the dragon anymore, so a, a necromancer, an undead army, and... 
kobolds are weak and they they fight with like the strong ones and so vang is the leader of the kobolds he goes to the necromancer to find a new house no it's not vang oh fuck it is vang we destroyed evelyn's book though i thought i mean he could have another way to learn all that stuff but uh or maybe he knew it all along maybe he was studying we knew very little about vang apparently vang was a sniveling prisoner he had no power what months ago and now he's raising an army of the dead it was months ago, right? We weren't accidentally in the Feywild again. It was several months ago that you had that, in fact. Uh, and Travancore, hold that thought about a book. Okay. <sighs> I was just looking at this. Oops. Okay. You had your whole fun in the Undermountain at the end of Uktar, which is the 11th month of the year. Uktar. Uktar. On the 4th of Nighttail, which is the 12th month of the year, you went to the Feywild. And because of timey-wimey Feywild bullshit, uh, even though you were only in the Feywild for a a short amount of time, you returned on the 16th of Hammer, which is the first, so basically like four and a half weeks later. And then you were in Waterdeep for a little while, and then you left on the ship, and now it is the 7th of Altrek, which is the second month of the year. So basically, it's been like two months since that encounter. Travancore, roll me a history check. Detective and I will Trav- give you advantage oh, for reasons. I actually get a pretty good bonus to history. Let's see here. Avec Avantage, 23. You don't remember anyone doing anything to Evelyn's body, except for the moment that the devil that you were talking to asked to pull out the talisman that she had, that you all, that you have in the bag of holding, that has... That's basically the thing you have to destroy in order to fulfill your end of the bargain. But you don't remember anyone else actually searching her body. Uh, you remember Jonathan spent most of the time, he had to resummon Bucks because Bucks got got killed in that fight and Bernie was helping. And uh, then you search through the uh, horde that was there from the dragon and chatted with the kobolds, which included Vang. None of you remember looking at her body at all note to self dispose of body when slaying relatives to avoid future complications because i'm guessing and travancore in his mind is imagining that it's possible that even if she you know had been completely dead and slaughtered or whatever it would take a simple you know talk with dead like spell for them to glean information from her potentially that is something you could do you don't know all the specifics you'd have to ask bernie about speak with dead but i imagine she's mad you would need her body in order to do that now. So you do, uh, you do require. No, I meant like that's how Vang got this information. So of course, assuming that they did something to Evelyn's body, got information from her, and that gave Vang just enough to to make him powerful and get at least get him started. That's one way. There are, you know, that there are other ways, but that okay. is one way. They didn't necessarily have to talk to Evelyn, depending on right how what knowledge they had. Like they may have had aspiring necromancers or actual necromancers in their party. We didn't meet all of them. Bernie, so. do you have a message? Yes. She's going to say, just want to catch up, talk about this army of the undead, our trip to the Feywild, my newfound seasickness, your newfound conqueror status. Oh, and that's where it ends. Okay. That's it. That's 25 <laughs> words, Laura. Okay. That, that's what it sounded like, but that was, you, you tr- I wanted to make just, sure. Just, All right. You know, like, just, you know, catch up. Give me a second, because he's gonna—he will reply. But give me a second, because I think he has a minute to reply. So it'll actually take him a while to reply before he will say he's gonna leave me on read. Yes, but for forty-five seconds, <laughs> so not very long. <laughs> he's also counting words. That, I know, I know. Hmm. Listen, you're not the only person who has to be careful about their word usage. I know. <laughs> Just to catch up. Nothing to offer. I'm willing to listen if you have requests, but it must be just the four of you. And our pets? <laughs> I don't think it's needed. If we're just talking, then... And that's where the message ends. I mean, I don't hear any of this, but assuming the Bernie's information is shared... Do yeah. the simultaneous... Try to simultaneous translate, like Jonathan does, fail at it, and then pause, and then give you guys the message. Well... I think if we're just going to talk, we don't necessarily need the animals for that. We can go and 
you know, see what he wants and figure out how to help him get it. I mean, it seems to be the cleanest way to, to get them to go. I mean, I don't think, I don't know what Travancore knows about kobolds, but he would imagine that, like, a city might not be, or maybe he's just being super racist because he's from Perconum and he sees himself as superior to basically everyone. But, <laughs> like, maybe Travancore thinks, like, he, they prefer something other than dark, and the only reason they're not there now is because something's there that they can push out. And they could help not that way, that's the cleanest way out. Do you guys want to get pancakes tomorrow morning with Vang? I think we should. Yeah. I'm okay with the brunch treaty. <laughs> brunch treaty. I like it. Bernie, you hear in your head an unfamiliar kobold voice as you receive ascending. Not from Vang, but an unfamiliar voice says, Vang requests your presence. Midnight. Tonight, City of the Dead, the largest mausoleum, the four of you. How about pancakes instead? Tomorrow morning, Golden Rock Tavern, I'll buy. <laughs> Counter offer. <laughs> Counter offer. Yeah, make them waste the spell slots this time. Yeah. <laughs> it's always wants- us. These are counter spells, you know. Nothing comes back. That's fine. Bernie's gonna be at the Golden Rock Tavern tomorrow for an appointment for pancakes. Several minutes pass, you do not get another sending. Do you guys want to go to the mausoleum tonight, take a nap? What time is it right now? It's about noon. We'd be going right into their center of power, but yeah, if we're gonna do that, let's... <sighs> we're gonna do it. Let's do, let's do a, a little siesta i don't know what that is i think that's draconic we can i think go. that's draconic for nap oh, yeah i was gonna say we you could take a eight hour nap we can get eight hours of sleep and get our spell slots back between we can we can have lunch and we can take a nap we have a heavy lunch make sure we knock ourselves oh, out we can go to gold we can go to the golden rock to get pancakes to bring to the meeting no we can't honey Pan- no, we can't uh, uh golden rock is behind enemy territory and behind enemy lines We'd have to fight our way in. I don't really want to fight my way in. I want to take a shower and a nap and a poop. (laughs) Aras speaks up at this point and says, uh, we have plenty of facilities here for you all to have space. They're not anything opulent, but they are comfortable and safe. Comfortable and safe this time, right about now? Sounds pretty opulent to me. Trying to increase the right grin. Yeah, the last nap I took was in a cave. Opulence, you and everything. Waiting for these fools to get back from hell. Did you have any other questions before I had to get back? It sounded like you're going to try to meet with this Vang Ashstalker. That's the plan. That's right. the plan. Here's, I, I think here's what we're, what, here, here's where Jonathan the Match Muscular is at. Jonathan the Match Muscular is going to lay down his thoughts of Jonathan the Match Muscular. <laughs> Whatever happens, the army of the dead's got to go. We yeah, can't have, that's, yeah. We can't have corpses walking around. And if need be, Bernie and I have significant resources with which to deal with undead. But they are lost in a way. They were, they were uh, uh, minions of a dragon that we had killed uh, some time ago and have now are, are, were leaderless, but apparently Vang... With our encouragement, uh, stepped up into that role and now can wield dark power. He stepped too far into that role. Right. And I'm, yeah. And I'm guessing Vang doesn't know, otherwise he probably wouldn't be in as cordial if Terse with us as he was. But I, we might need to adjust to a reality where at least the living, the kobolds, are going to be a permanent part of either this city or an extension of this city. That would be fine if they had come. We have plenty of all sorts of races that live here, including kobolds. If they had come in peace, they would have been welcome just like anybody else who comes to our gates. But they came with an army. We're about to go and negotiate on sort of behalf of Waterdeep. Before we rest up and make sure we have all our stuff, can we meet with the is it unmasked lord? Open lord. The, ma- open the mass lord. lords of Waterdeep? No, no, the uh, the uh, the one that everyone knows about, the open lord. Can we speak oh. to the current open lord? I that can... would be good. We need some direction. We need to know what is on the table. Right, exactly. And it's not pancakes. I mean, it, we're 
I would like to. Well, yeah, hopefully. Because it's behind enemy lines. You're, you're, Carlton, you don't have magic, mind compulsion, enchantments, but you have managed to work pancakes into the head of Jonathan the Magimuscular <laughs> insidiously. Brittany gives Carlton a thumbs up and a wink. Jonathan the Magimuscular can't, can't think of little else now. I made a deal with a pancake entity. Brittany's just going to wink at Carlton. She's very proud of him. All hail the flying pancake monster. I would like to think there is more than just one place in Waterdeep that offers decent pancakes, but I appreciate that you have a favorite location that is still, that is unaccessible at this moment. Yeah, they also make bacon. Carlton's power tricks only half worked on me. Kravencore wants crepes. I actually <laughs> thought about we could bring Those are just fancy thin pancakes. We got this great place that does really, really good pastry called Madame Clifudi's, and I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. But Bernie has thinks that bringing a nice a nice box of like pastry might go over well. <laughs> bringing some, some bringing some snacks for a midnight in the yes midnight snacks. So so Aras is going to look at you and say, "You're looking to speak to Laurel Silverhand." That, yes. Yes. Yep. And you would I wasn't know- sure if that's who it was in your world. Uh, yeah, she's, she is the open, you all know she is, so the Mass Lords of Waterdeep are the ones who are, who basically are the council that control Waterdeep, and she is the only one that is not anonymous. Most of them keep their anonymity for safety's sake, and she is the one, but she is also an incredibly powerful being unto herself, and so she has less to fear than some of the others who are probably just regular merchants. Aras looks concerned and says... She's not here. Most of our instructions have been coming from the Blackstaff, who has been taking her instruction from the the Lords. So you would probably want to speak with her, but I'm unsure what she could tell you that we have not already relayed. I mean, we don't need to know who they are, but we need to know. I mean, do you know what's up for negotiation in the city? I believe at this point anything short of utter destruction because the only reason the Blackstaff has not employed the the full extent of the Waterdeep resources is to prevent such destruction. Okay. It's probably to our benefit if you go into this negotiation being unable to cement a deal as that would give us all time to consider the ramifications. Okay. It would be difficult to get you, it would be difficult to convince a number of the open lord, a number of the mass lords to support giving you that kind of power on such a short notice. But if you were to come away with something reasonable, that would be easier to digest. And we we wouldn't want any sort of authority in this. We just want to know. I, I and so okay, okay, okay. Certainly, if you come away with a reasonable, some reasonable parlay, then authority could be given. But at this moment, just the fact that you have access to the assumed leader of this army is more than anyone has been able to do beyond bloodshed, on both sides. All right, so. Jonathan the Mech Muscular is conflicted about this, but all of us need to be on the same page. Uh, at what yeah. point? At what point do we kill Bang? Oh, we're. Um, I think we take that off the table at least for this first meeting, unless they make a move against us. Like okay. I think we owe it. Let's remember we lied to this guy, so we're not completely guiltless either. So let's listen to him. Let's hear him out. Let's see what his issue is. See if there's a way we can help him out or. Have him help us help him help us. And then, if that meeting is not fruitful, we go back. At that point, we parlayed. He's no longer an enemy. He's no longer someone we're parlaying with. We can always kill him later if we need to. But I think we're going to this meeting with the mindset that worst case scenario we kill him, then it's going to end violently. Well, I, I, I agree to a point, but I do think that we need to be professional. We need to be polite, but we need to have a plan to kill everyone that we meet. I think the only time we decide we kill him is if he's decided he's killing us. Okay. The the decision to kill Vang is when you say, now, Carlton. <laughs> no, um, I, no. 
I, I do. I think we need to be ready for anything. And I think I, Travancore, I do. I, I appreciate the notion that, that, yeah, if, if violence is on the table, then violence is now the lowest common denominator and that's what's going to happen. But we all have, have enough experience to know that if, if we need a shooting plan, we got to have a shooting plan. Or a running plan. We could always run. And keep in mind, he didn't want to meet us in a the no-go zone. He said, come to my turf where I have the control and the power so that I can trap you or anything like that. We don't know what he wants with us. Like, why does he want to just talk to us? Well, he likes us. We empowered he him. We're like a life coach, but not yeah. good at it. I mean, if he wanted to come after us, he has he has an army of the undead. If he meant to come after us, he could do it just as easily by going through whatever he does. He stopped for a reason. And I think plan A, talk, plan two, run, plan three, three, fight. If we have to, if, if it's us or him, it's always us. But I don't want to go into this thinking that we need to off him if there, unless it's needed. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to put, I'm with Travancore. I would, ref, I would flip two and three. That's what I would, I would flip two and three. Okay. Because they might be like Mandalores where you kill the leader and then they all just kind of, whoa. Because that's what happened last time. We killed the leader. And they were like, oh, I don't know what to do. They have, that. that is definitely something that has happened in the past with these guys. And who knows, the person who gave him this power that we're assuming, because we don't think he had enough time to study for it, might that might be, you know, part of the deal is take out, if especially if it's uh, the devils that we've pissed off while we were in hell. Well, I, I not, don't know. Yeah. It's not usually that small. It's also could not be a devil. Yeah, I, you, they don't. Well, who else gives you powers? Gods. Gods and other things. Uh, and, and at this point, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to like kind of put his hand on Carlton's shoulders and say, Carlton, it's time we had the talk about great old things. It's it's a shame we don't have uh, access to our horses. They were at the, the Golden Rock Tavern. Oh, no peanut butter. <laughs> that would make for an easy escape. We always hide the horses somewhere if we needed to, and if we needed to be- beat feet, we could. Uh, hang on, hang on. I might... Well, nice. how do we get... Like, we have to get to the City of Dead so we can go to the Golden Rock, grab our horses. We have it's to, on we the way. don't just go, though. That's the thing. I have a feeling we knock on the gate and we get escorted. Yeah, it's... Oh, by the way, we gotta stop for some pancakes to deli- bring to the meeting. We'll we'll get some pastry on the way. Right, but that's what we tell them. No, no, we can't stop for pancakes. So we plant. We say it's pancakes, but really they're apple tarts. Carlton, we will be from the moment we enter the controlled area. Their controlled area. They will escort us. There will be no shopping trip. And I honestly. If we really want to take violence off the table, and the plan is really to not engage unless he does, we can't make ourselves suspicious. We just can't. If we're going to run, we're going to run on our own two feet. All right, let's 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 have another difficult discussion. Speaking of two feet, Bucks has accepted a certain level of danger because he he has made a habit of coming back if he gets in trouble. I'm not sure about Shadow and Coco Snoots, definitely. This might be the time to leave them both here. I think so. They said the four of us, and we're going to stick to the letter of what he said. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I would prefer going in doing everything in good faith, because if it does come to violence, I'd like to know that we didn't antagonize him with semantics. You know, that... And Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of hangs his head and it's nodding. It's like, that's that's a good point. We need to rise above. But, Jonathan, I have an idea. If things are bad and they start turning and we're now in the middle of the enemy zone, you can hide Bucks in a pocket dimension. I know. And if things get bad, you can take him out and send him to go get help. Bucks doesn't like the pocket dimension. That's actually That's actually one reason why I never send him there. Well, he doesn't Buck, like it. Is there anywhere on the map that's within a hundred feet? Bucks is an owl. He can just be, be owly. Bucks is an owl. He'll he'll follow us. He'll be he'll stay with me. He'll be fine. Uh, or he can or he can tail us. He's proven to be good on his own. So I think if he stays within sight of us, he doesn't even have to stay where I can talk to him. As long as he can see us, 
he can tell when we're in trouble and he can retreat and uh and run away and they who knows the vang is an enemy that knows us better than most or or he isn't a, a potential he is an opponent right now i think it needs to be clear that right now he's an opponent he can become more but for now he's on the other side and we need to we need to bring him down that said he knows more about us than than any other opponent we faced and so he could be looking to take out bucks so i'm gonna i think bucks should come with us as a as a lifeline sort of but i think that uh I think that he'll not be in range for me to talk to him. I think he's just going to rely on his owl eyes. What do you think, buddy? And Bucks kind of shrugs and says, Guess. Now, Aras, if you get the signal that uh, shit has hit the fan, do you have a way of pulling us out quickly? I don't. There's no spell you can do to just go, Zap, you're here now? <laughs> that takes like a minute to cast, so. That takes like a minute to cast. If you can hold them off for a minute, I could, I could get us back. But then... I'm not fighting. I think if things go wrong, then you should retreat. And I can have I can have people standing by to help cover your retreat. That would be appreciated. Yeah. That we can do. And any any of your animal companions are welcome to either stay here at the Amethyst Acropolis or if they want to stay with that group who will stay outside and safely away from this meeting to not antagonize anyone. Yep, Shadow, you stay here with Erasic in the Amoth- in the Slamdance Cosmopolis. Oh, I will be one of those people coming to help cover any potential retreat. So, if he wants to stay with me, that's just fine. What do you think, Shadow? Yeah, we definitely want the Wizard King helping us. Travancore, what does what, what does Shadow think? I was doing it back to you. I wasn't sure if you were going to play Shadow there or me because we kind of do back and forth. We do, but I think this is important enough that you you tell me what Shadow thinks. So Shadow's going to say this, but no one's going to understand because Travancore didn't bother to cast uh, Speak with Animals on this. I think Birdman can take care of himself, and I will hang out with Birdman and learn from Birdman. And perhaps, in addition to being a fire, ma- bir- fire bear, I could be a Birdman as well. I am a bear of many talents. And that's what he says. What you see is Shadow kind of cock his head at Travancore a little bit as he asks Shadow you know, what he thinks. And then he very deliberately sidesteps next to Aras. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you could swear he gives a little nod. And Aras looks down at Shadow and seems to give him a little nod back and says, Bernie, would you want the same for your, your Mastiff or would you like to leave him here? Bernie's going to remember the time she told Coco Snoot to run and never stop running. And she's going to leave him at the Amethyst Acropolis. Okay. Aras will, you know, when you decide to leave, he'll make sure that there is a, a comfortable place for him to, to stay and is taken care of for however long you are gone for. In fact, they actually have stables for familiars, so they probably have, like, you know, comfortable dog pens and stuff. Like, not like a kennel, but like actual, like, so when you decide that you're ready to take a rest and, and everything, there's basically like studio rooms to, to be in, you know, very basic, almost like in rooms. And Bernie, uh, your <laughs> Coco Snoot is taken down to essentially a dog version of that room. Oh, Coco Snoot sleeps with Bernie. I mean, when you're ready to go, <laughs> right. it's, oh, it's a okay. dog yeah. version of that room with a little doggy door that he can come on in and out because Aww. it's it's... Because any animals that are being housed here are familiars or, you know, intelligent, more intelligent creatures who can be trusted to not need to be locked up when they're not in service. So it's just a little doggy door and a little comfy room with a big fluffy pillow. So when you're ready, that's where he'll stay. So now I have an idea for our third animal adventure. (laughs) Animal hotel? (laughs) Was there anything else that I could answer for you? As the wizard king... Jonathan that's not to do that's not i'm not no carlton i thought no. you're the the wizard no no because you're this is your castle no this is no okay anyways as the leader of the castle no Jonathan likes to do uh the telepathic bonding is that something you can do as well uh because like if you can do that when you're escorting us to be handed over to get es- like at the the enemy line you cast it on all of us including yourself and then you can talk and we could fill you in on the, 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 the meeting. You know what? I don't have his character sheet up. However, he is the transportation and communications manager. So I'm going to say yes, that he would have access to Rary's telepathic bond. And so he'll look at you, Carlton, and he'll say, 
you're wrong about me being in charge, but you are right that I can cast that if you're okay with me being included in this conversation. Oh, it's a hot mess, but yes, you can. <laughs> you can also rein me in. We call it Telbond. Doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Telcor actually says doo doo in that because in Telcor's mind, like Telpond is this sort of low level utility company that has inspired by by Bell Atlantic of happy memory. Okay. And Bernie just kind of looks at Travancore and she's like, "No, we don't. We don't say that. We don't. Nobody stop trying to make that happen." <laughs> Oh man, we we finally reached a point where Bernie's directing Travancore in addition to to the way he directs directs Charlton. I think no. you all try to direct each other, and that's half the fun. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I will come with you, and before you need to go in, I can I can cast that spell. Shall we eat poop and nap? I would not suggest eating poop. Yeah, as long as there are commas in there. <laughs> there was a comma in there, Lauren. <laughs> an Oxford comma. <laughs> I'm not a monster. So just how much fun are JFK and Stalin having? The name of this episode is the Oxford comma. I might have spent too much time playing my cleric with an eight intelligence. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.